Amen, amen, amen. I'm going to let you take a seat in just a moment, but before you do, um, one of my best mates in the ministry is in church with us today. Could we give the Randleman family right here? Give us a wave there. Can we give the Randleman family? Uh, come on, give them a corn-fed ethanol drink and welcome to Eternity Church. <clears throat> And I, I, I love them, but one of the reasons I love them is because y'all think we can breed? Meet the Randlemans. <clears throat> Talk to them after church, all right? There's something about having a powerful and influential ministry that just makes you want to have more kids. And so, so we have five and they've got 12. So anyway, there you go. So anyway, no, in all seriousness, um, I've got a lot of friends in the ministry that have left the ministry over the last 12, 18 months. A lot of friends have walked out. It's a tough, been a tough season. And I thank God for men and women who have stayed the course. Men and women have kept preaching the word. Men and women that say, we ain't shutting down the church. Come on. We are a hospital for broken people, and we're staying open. Amen. So give them one more hand, and then we can take our seats. Welcome to eternity, guys. And you may all take your seats now. So, um... But in all seriousness, a lot, a lot of friends have left the ministry over the last uh, uh, 12 to 18 months or so, and so I want to honor people that are staying the course, amen? I want to honor all of you for staying the course too, good on you. Hey, come on, you're in church, amen? A lot of people said you shouldn't be, but you're in church, so well done, love you. I want to talk about this Lord's Prayer a little bit as I sort of hobble around the stage a little bit. Um, uh, I just read the bit where the Lord's Prayer, right? This then is how you should pray. But the cool thing is, preceding that moment, preceding that little passage that I just read, Jesus talks to the listeners about how they should not pray and how they should not be praying to put on a performance. Y'all know what I'm saying? Y'all remember it, right? And then after that, he goes on to speak about fasting. And if I can pause on my message and just mention about fasting for a second, you, you're not fasting if you quit watching TV, all right? That's just not watching TV, all right? Uh, Daniel, when he fasted, it was related to food. Every fast in the Bible is about food, all right? So don't all be like, God's called me to fast TV. No, he didn't. He just told you to stop watching TV, all right? Stop adding super holy language to it, all right? Just don't watch TV, all right? Fasting is when you give up food. Why? So that when your belly starts groaning for food, you redirect those groans towards groaning for God to intercede on your behalf in, on earth uh, in a situation in a family, amen, that's fasting, all right? It's to redirect a, a, a physical desire to a spiritual need, amen? And so anyway, he goes on and talks about fasting and he says, hey, when you fast, don't be like these hypocrites on the street corners. Don't, don't fast putting on a performance. It should be a private thing, right? Now, when he says that, don't misunderstand Jesus's intent here. He's not saying that when you fast, ain't nobody allowed to know. That's not what he's saying. He's not saying when you fast, nobody's allowed to know. No one can know. He, he's not saying that a church can't choose to fast as a group together. He's not saying that. He's not saying that a church should not advertise on the line, uh, on their Instagram, on Facebook, uh, to encourage people to fast, to petition God to, over a certain situation for a certain outcome. No, he's not saying that there's anything wrong with advertising. Everybody, let's fast together together that God would move in our city, amen, that God would move in our school. No, he's not got a problem with that. That's not what Jesus is getting at. He's talking about you and me as individuals that when we fast, 
You know those people that when they fast, they're like, oh, I'm fasting. Do you know the people, right? Just stick around church another couple of months. You'll meet one, you know? Like, like you know the people, like you go out for coffee with them and you're like, would you like a coffee? They're like, no, I'm fasting. Oh, I'm fasting. Oh, and they're groaning out loud and they can't just be like, nah, I just want to have water. They're like, I'm fasting. You know those people, right? And then they go to church and, you know, we just want to have a praise party up in here. And they're like, I want to, oh, I just don't have the energy because I'm fasting. And they look at you like you suck because you can jump in worship because your body still works, you know. It's like, and they're putting on this performance, right? And he's having a go with those people, the Pharisees. See, they would actually cover their face with ashes so they look like, they look like death warmed up because they're fasting and they're so holy. And he's saying, don't do that. Don't fast acting like you're more holy than everybody else. Don't fast trying to describe to everybody how amazing you are, like you're so holy, like you're so awesome. Look at me, I'm a fasting and praying Christian. See, these people, they're not, they're not fasting and they're not praying to draw near to God or to get a powerful and prayerful outcome, but to draw out the accolades of their brothers and sisters. That's why they're doing it, right? He's saying, don't do that. Don't be like these hypocrites. They're they're not fasting for God to to bring heaven to earth. They're fasting so that their friends could bring accolades to them. So today I want to talk to you about when we pray, right? The motivation behind why we pray. The motivation about when we pray. And just how so often, I, I I feel like so often we can use prayer as a vehicle to appear holy rather than actually wanting to elicit some kind of response from heaven. Or rather than being holy, we can tend to use prayer so that we might seem holy. Do you all know what I'm talking about yet, right? So every now and again, well, not every now and again, so often in an effort to appear holy, we say to everybody, I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you, and I'll pray for you, and I'll pray for you, and everybody, I'm going to pray for everybody, and, 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 and there's an Instagram post, and so I'll pray for you, I'm praying for you, or little, little prayer emoji in my own skin color and everything, but you're not worth the words, I'll pray for you, but I can drop an emoji up on here so you know I'm holy. Do y'all know what I'm talking about right now? So y'all ready for this sermon? Because it's going to hurt a little bit, but it's going to bless you and bless those who get around you. Amen. I'll pray for you. It is my goal that by the time I finish this sermon today, that you are almost not afraid, but every time that you go to utter the words, I'll pray for you, that you hear the words of Jesus Christ in the back of your head saying, don't be like those hypocrites. So you still ready for this? Come on, someone say, I'm ready for it. it. All right, let's get it then. I don't know how many times in my life I've said, I'll pray for you, and I did not pray for them. Because someone be kind to me and put your hand up if you've done it too. Right, come on, have you done that too? Right, you're like, I'll pray for you, and nothing, right? And if I'm really honest, and I don't know if you're going to be as honest with me, I pray that you will. But, But sometimes I was pretty keen 
on the idea of praying for them. But then I said, I'll pray for you. I plan to pray for you. But then my friend Jeremiah rang me up and was like, bro, we need to golf. And then we talked about that for three hours, you know. And, and then afterwards, and I just genuinely forgot. But I did mean to pray for you, right? It was an innocent mistake, but I'm going to give you a tool so that you don't make that mistake again today. But there's also other times in my life where if I'm honest... It just seemed like the right thing to say. It just, it just seemed like the only way to end this annoying conversation. Come on. Some people in here are like, that pastor is going to hell. <laughs> well, maybe. I do believe in Jesus, so I'm confident I'm not. <laughs> All right? And then there's other people in here who are like, yeah, he's right. I do that too. It's just, an, it's just like a nice, convenient way to end a conversation, right? And because of that, the last couple of years, we've heard people say things like, stop sending your th- thoughts and prayers. They're not doing nothing. Who's seen that said everywhere? Have you, come on, hands up. You've seen that, yeah? Like, stop sending thoughts and prayers. They don't work, right? You've heard that said, haven't you? And I think that's the biggest load of crap ever because I'm like, my prayers work. They're powerful and effective because Jesus, because the Word of God says that the prayers of the righteous man is powerful and effective and availeth much in my life. And I'm a righteous man because God said that I'm righteous. And so when I pray, things happen. Don't you tell me my prayers don't work. And I got mad and I was raging at these people until I realized something. The problem is, and the reason they say that crap is because too many people say they're sending thoughts. And too many people say that they're praying for them, but don't actually think about it again and don't actually ever pray about it after they say that they will. And because so many people say, praying for you, I'll pray for you, sending prayers, And then they don't do it, and people see nothing changed, so they think prayer doesn't work. See, they think prayer doesn't work because they think you're praying when you're not praying and nothing changes. Come on. Uh Uh-oh. We're getting real today. Let me tell you this. Prayer as a virtue signal does nothing but damage people's faith. That's it. Using prayer as a virtue signal, that's what the Pharisees did. They prayed so you would think they're holy, not so that heaven would invade earth. They prayed so you would recognize their position as a virtue signal. It's look how virtuous I am. Look how holy I am. Look how amazing I am. Prayer is a box that's got to be ticked. I'm a Christian, and i got to let people know I'm praying so they think I'm doing my Christianly duties. Here's something I want you to try for a month. Here's something I want you to try for the next month or so, right? Don't even utter the words, I'll pray for you. Just don't even say it. Between now and the end of May, how many days in May? 31, right? Yeah. Between now and the 31st of May, don't even say the words, I'll pray for you. Instead, let's be the type of believers that replace I'll pray for you with, hey, let's pray. Hey, let's pray right now. I know that uh, I, 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 like I know that you might be one of the few people who when they say, I'll pray for you, you actually pray. But what I've learned as I talk to other believers, pastors included, not that guy, pastors included, is that 90% of the time when people say, I'll pray for you, 
it ends with, I'll pray for you. And it never becomes, I prayed for you. I've done it. I've done it a lot. I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I've done it a lot. And I know some of you have too, like use um, prayer as a segue or an escape from a frustrating or difficult conversation. I remember the day I got a serious Holy Spirit slap down for it. I remember this one time when I was uh, with somebody, I was just so tired and I really needed to pee very, very badly. And um, I, don't know, I don't know whether it's because I'm old or not, but I'm just like fine until I need to go to the toilet. And then it's like, I got to go, right? Like, I think that's called um, being old or aging before your time, whatever. But I was exhausted after preaching on the weekend, and I was out for lunch with some bloke. He's out, he's over there at the table, and, and I'm like, man, i got to go to the toilet. So I get up, and, and, and I start walking around, and as I'm walking past, I see uh, one of the wait staff that I know, not like super well, but I know her name. Um, I know her boyfriend's name. She knows my name. She knows I'm a pastor at Eternity Church. This wasn't 25 years ago. This was about five or six years ago. Uh, and, and, and then, and then I, I made the, the, the fatal error of being like, how you doing? Instead of, sup, and keep walking, you know? Like, I was like, how you doing? Eye contact and all, right? I made a mistake. And then frustratingly, as I'm on my way to the toilet, she pours out her heart and writes me a country song. I'm like, dang, man, I don't got time for all this drama. We're going to have a problem soon. And I know y'all judging me like, oh, my gosh, you're going to hell. But you've done this, right? You've done this too. Like this person is sharing how their parents are separating and their grandparents are in respite and their dog got ran over and they got a bad report from the doctor and their fibromyalgia is flaring up. And I'm like, is it ever going to end? How many more things can you put on this list, right? Like we got a grandparent problem. We got a parent problem. We got a dog problem. We got a doctor problem. We got a fibromyalgia. What's next? I got to pee. Not to mention, my mate's over here waiting at a table, actually waiting for you to ask him if he'd like a coffee. So I did it. I'm sorry, y'all, but I did it. I said it. I used it. I was a Pharisee for a moment. And you know, here's the cool thing about being a pastor. You got away with the words. It's pretty cool. It really helps you out of frustrating situations, you know. Like, I, I don't know about you, but, but it helps me out of frustrating situations, you know. Like, I, I'd be like, you know, I, I prepared, you know. I know how to, how to say it the right way to appear holy. And so I say to her, I'm like, hmm, I feel the Lord high and lifted. No, I didn't really. But I said, all this that you're saying right now, it's a lot, isn't it? Oh, it's a lot. It's so, it's so much. But it's not too much for my God. I'm going to pray for you. I got to go. <laughs> Come on. I did it. I remember it. And I'm walking away from her toward the restroom. And I am frustrated. I know I was the worst pastor on earth that day. I'm walking to the toilet complaining that I got to pee. I'm like, oh my goodness. Like, do you do this? Like in your head, have like angry conversations with nobody. Does anybody else do this? I'm like, oh yeah, don't worry about the fact that I got up to go to the toilet. Let's sit here and listen to your country song. It was out of tune anyway. And I'm on my way to the toilet. And, and, then, and, then, and then all of a sudden, God just like, Jesse, 
And I'm like, I didn't invite you. Did I start this complaint with my father who art in heaven? No, I did not. I was just saying, this is annoying. Come on, anybody else? Fine. That God will come into your conversation when you did not start with my father in heaven. God speaks to me and I remember it clear as day. I guess you're not a light on a hill and I guess you're not the salt of this city. I was like, yeah, but I was at church. You know, doing the thing that you told me to do. I'm tired. I drank a lot of water. I got to go. He's like, oh, so it's a part-time thing? I thought they were paying you full-time at Eternity Church. Y'all start justifying yourself to God every now and again. God's like, do this. You're like, no, I like what Jonah did better. And I'm going to go, did anyone else do that? You're like, yeah, look, hey, great idea, but have you thought about doing it this way to God, right? So I'm, I'm like, you know, like, I got to pee, man. Like, like, what do you want? You want, me to, you want me to pray for this girl and pee my pants as I do? Like, that's not going to look good in the news. You know, local pastor hand, lays hands on a woman in a restaurant while wetting himself. That's not going to build the church, God. I don't know what you want from me. But then I get it. Then I remember it. The Holy Spirit's like, you ain't even going to pray. You're a Pharisee. See, I wasn't even going to pray later on. I just wanted to get out because she was annoying me. God, forgive me. You're a Pharisee. God, forgive me. God, forgive me. I remember the tears in my eyes. I did not cry, but I did have tears. I remember them. I'm like, God, forgive me. I'm like, I'm going to go back over this way. I've still got to pee, by the way, but I'm going to go back over here. And if we can have a miracle right now, it can be that that doesn't happen while I'm praying, all right? And so I go over there and I say to the girl, I'm like, hey, can we, can we sit for a minute? The Bible says to lay hands on people and they'll be healed. And we're both here right now. Can I put my hand on your shoulder and pray for you? This is one of the first times in public in a restroom. Sorry, in a restroom. That, <laughs> don't be doing that. <laughs> Some person top pours out their heart. They go, I got to go to the toilet back of me. You're like, I'll come with you. I'll pray for you, you know. <laughs> like, not be doing that, all right. There's a better way. <laughs> it's one of the first times I remember praying for someone in a, in a really crowded public place. Clear as day. Like we're both here right now. Can I put my hand on your shoulder and can I pray for you? So I prayed for her right there, right then. And I told her, next week, get your butt into church, yeah? And then I ran like Forrest Gump to that dunny. Did I make it? You'll find out another sermon, all right? How many times have you said to somebody, I'll pray for you, and then not done it at all, right? Y'all done that, haven't you? How many times have you done it, have you said it knowing you ain't even going to pray for them? Like, you know, it's not even an accident. You didn't even forget. You're like straight up virtue signal to that person. You're like, prayer, I'm going to look holy, but I'm not going to be holy. Anybody else done that before? Yeah? I'd rather appear holy than actually help the person who needs prayer. How many times do we see a school shooting or a movie shooting and we whip out our phones and we make an Instagram post and we spend time and we craft the words and we're like, how do I say it? i got to say it like this. I've got to use these words. I can't use these words. I've got to do this. And then we write praying for Sandy Hook, praying for Pulse Nightclub, praying for Vegas, right? But we didn't even pray. And the time that it took you to find the politically correct way to say it, you could have actually prayed. 
in the time that it took for you to make sure that you don't sound too pro-gun or too anti-gun, you could have actually stopped and prayed for the families that lost loved ones that day. You could have actually stopped and prayed for America, amen? Come on, you could have prayed. How many times do we see natural disasters? Praying for Houston, praying for Texas, praying for Florida, praying for New Jersey. And because too many people don't actually stop and pray, nothing changes. See, people think you're praying. People think this means a believer actually prayed. People think I'll pray for you means a believer actually prayed for those families or for these situations that something would stop them in future, that the hearts of the men and the women committing violent acts would be sobered in the name of Jesus. They think you prayed that, but then it didn't happen. Nothing changed. And because we used prayer to virtue signal, people lose faith in prayer and they lose faith in God. Now, yeah, telling somebody that you're praying for them will help them feel better when they're in the valley, won't it? It'll help them feel better. But actually stopping and praying for them, whether you tell them or not, will actually lift them out of the valley. Actually get them through the valley, amen. See, I love when Jesus encountered the centurion soldier. I think it's a great moment. That I, 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 I know I know that every moment in, in, in the Word of God is God intentionally saying, look, I'm going to show them this right here. And I think in this moment, God wanted to show us the power of the moment. See, He uses the power of right now in this moment. See, what happens, Jesus finds out from a centurion that his servant is really ill. Um, and, and, and Jesus says, I'll come quickly. I'll come right now. Now, but then there's a centurion soldier who, who understands the power of now, and he's even more now. He's a bit nower than Jesus. It's a cool story. We're going to get there in a second. But I love that when Jesus sees a blind man's pain, he didn't say, oh, bro, I'm praying for you. Or a crippled guy getting dropped from the roof. He's like, I'm praying for you, but I'm preaching right now. No, I love that when he saw the centurion soldier and he says to the soldier, hey, I'll come, I'll come now. I love that the centurion replied, just say the word now and my servant will be healed. Just say it, just do it, do it now, Jesus, do it now. I love this moment because Jesus is already a right now guy, but that guy's even more right now. He's like, how about right now, now? Right? I just love it. Take advantage of the faith of the moment. Amen. If somebody's pouring their heart out to you, it's because they see something in you. They see the love of Christ in you. They see the power of God in you. And they're not petitioning you. They're petitioning God. And if you don't start petitioning God with them, you're blocking God in their lives. Oh, Take advantage of the faith in the moment that rose up in them enough to talk to a believer about something that needs to change in their lives, amen. Be like Jesus and say, let's pray now. And then be like the centurion soldier and say, let's pray now. Urgh. Come on, someone say right now. Urgh. Let's pray right now, amen. See, calamity follows people who leave it to later. Calamity follows people who don't pray at all. Like look at Pharaoh, yeah? 
Pharaoh's there and he's got frogs everywhere. It's disgusting. And Moses is like, hey, bro, um, when do you want me to pray to God to fix this problem that you're having right now? And Pharaoh's like, you know what? Tomorrow. I would like, I would like to enjoy one more night with the frogs once more, right? And then what happened? It got worse and it got worse, and it got worse, and it got worse for Pharaoh because he was like, you know what, maybe later. I'll pray for it later. I'll petition God later. Have a do it now faith, amen. Have a do it now prayer life, amen. Do it now people get results because do it now people have faith because if you've got enough faith to stand up in a coffee shop in front of 50 other people and lay hands on the sick and pray that they'll be healed, you're a man or a woman of faith, amen, and that person is going to get an action from heaven. That person is going to see heaven invade earth. That person is going to see a crippled man start walking, a broken marriage get restored in Jesus' name. Amen. Be a do-it-now kind of person. And I know what some of y'all might be saying, and you're like, that's all well and good because you went to church, you went to Bible college to learn to pray. No, I didn't. There was no how to pray class at Bible college. Well, there wasn't at mine anyway. And that might be because we're from Australia yet, and America hasn't told us how to do it yet. I don't know. Kind of like your cuss words you made up. Anyway. <laughs> Whatevs. Hey, look, the last couple of weeks, we've talked about how to approach God. So that sermon will help you, right? How to approach God. See, we, we often go in and we're like, oh, God, forgive me for my sin. And Jesus would have us deal with that after we've already asked God to move mightily in our lives. That's a mind, that's, a, that's flipping the script, isn't it? Fascinating there. He cares more about what you need than what you've done. And then last week we talked about how to start your prayers, how, how, how God wants us to walk into prayer looking up instead of looking down at our humanity, looking up at God's might instead of down at our problems, looking up at God's power instead of down at our sin. He wants us walking into prayer looking up. Why? Not because God ain't listening if you don't walk in list, looking up. No, God is listening. He wants you looking up so that your faith rises in your heart and you've got the faith to ask God to do big things in your life. Amen? Look, if you don't know how to pray, listen to those two sermons. And then you can even enroll yourself. By the way, that's, so that's looking up and it's um, approaching God. All right, myeternity.com forward slash sermons. You can also enroll yourself in our prayer course by going to myeternity.com forward slash study or up the top right, just click get involved. We've got a few more weeks of this prayer series that will really help you build confidence in your prayers, confidence in asking God. Uh, my button stopped working. That's really sad. Um, but let me start by saying this, all right? The Pharisees are the ones who were worried about how they sounded when they prayed. Don't be a Pharisee. Don't be like them. Don't be all concerned about how good you sound uh, when you pray. They're the ones who are more concerned about what people think about their prayers than whether their prayer is doing anything. They didn't care enough about the people they were praying for. Hey, let's start by caring more about the person who needs prayer than whether or not they think I've got eloquence in my prayers. You know what Paul said? Paul said, I did not come to you with wise and persuasive words, but with a, with a demonstration of the Holy Spirit's power. Just start praying for people right then, right now. When they say what they need, just say, God, God, I know you're listening. God, would you move in their marriage? Would you heal their body? Would you deliver them from addiction? In Jesus' name, amen. Look, when someone is crying their heart out as their marriage is falling apart, trust me, they don't care how fancy you sound. 
They just need you to stop and pray. They just need you to quit with the emojis and actually lay hands on them and pray. They just need you to pray. They need you to do it now. Who cares how wise and persuasive your prayers are? You're not trying to persuade man to heal them. You're trying to call on God for a demonstration of the Holy Spirit's power. Amen. So let me assure you of this. Let me promise you this. No matter how stupid you sound, God is listening. No matter how ridiculous you sound, your heavenly Father is listening. No matter how amazing you sound, your heavenly Father is listening. There's nothing wrong with being eloquent in your prayers. You tend to get that way after you've done it a million times, all right? It happens that way. God's problem wasn't that these Pharisees sounded eloquent. It was that they sounded eloquent to try and impress people rather than just, well, practice makes better, right? You know when you go to a prayer meeting and you're like, holy snap, that person can pray. Do you know why? Because for 25 years they've been praying. And 25 years ago, they sounded like an idiot. And they didn't care. And they prayed anyway. And they started to see that when I stop caring about what I sound like, God starts moving in my life. Hey, don't let the last couple of weeks or the next couple of weeks worth of sermons get you thinking that God only hears you if you pray a certain way. I've been making it clear every single week that the way that we pray And the order that we find in the Lord's Prayer is not about whether God's listening. It's about how we position ourselves to pray bold prayers, faith-filled prayers. Amen? Having the courage to ask God for big things. The Lord's Prayer shows us God's heart to hear us and how we can build boldness and faith within us as we approach God. So then we'll have the confidence to ask Him to do a miracle in our lives or in our dog's lives. Amen? Big miracles, small miracles, God is listening. So make no mistake, even if you forget everything I said for the last two weeks, and if you ignore everything I say for the next few weeks, God is still listening. I'm going to give you a sentence to write down, and I'm, I'm getting close to landing this plane. I'm going to give you a sentence to write down that I think is going to help you in your prayer life moving forward, okay? Um, see, see, some of us are so concerned about how we sound. So I want you to write it down. You were probably given a notepad as you walked in the door today. If you, if you don't have one, uh, use your phone. Um, uh, you, can, you can write this sentence down, and perhaps it would be a great way to start, your, uh, to start your prayers, to remind yourself that God is listening. So I think you should start your prayers for the next month saying, Heavenly Father, thank you for listening. I know you hear me right now, and then proceed. Heavenly Father, thank you for listening. I know you hear us right now. We pray that you would heal their spleen. We pray that you would heal their broken marriage. We pray that you would heal their, uh, their sick kid. We pray that you would deliver, set free from addiction, their husband, right? Like, just start with that. We thank you that you're listening. I know that you hear me right now. And then keep praying. But no more of this, I'll pray for you. No more of this. If you really want to let someone know you're praying for them, then stop, pray for them, and then text them, I just prayed for you that your marriage would get better in the name of Jesus. Love your heaps. So instead of saying, I'm gonna, and then not, how about we do and say we did? How about that? If you're going to pray for someone, Stop at Whole Foods. Like seriously, I can't explain to you enough. 
you know what doesn't happen to unbelievers anywhere near as much as it happens to believers? Is country songs getting written to you by random strangers. Right? Like it just happens to believers all the time because there's something in you. And when their spirit is broken and crying out for help, they're, 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 something in you triggered that in them. That's why when I'm at Whole Foods and the, the gal or the guy starts unloading, I'm like, I'm listening. I remember last time it happened at Whole Foods. There were people in line behind me. And they're like, you know, and, 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 and I'm listening and they're doing. And I'm like, get behind me, Satan. And I just keep listening, you know. I didn't say that. I thought that. But there's people in line, right? And I'm like, I don't even care. Because I'm going to lay hands on this person. And I'm going to pray for them right now. And y'all are going to wait. Because don't we like go like this, hey, somebody's watching. People are watching. People think I'm weird. How many decisions do we make based on the opinions of people we will never meet? Right? Dave Ramsey says that, um, that we spend a lot of money buying a lot of things we don't want. Sorry, we spend a lot of money we don't have buying a lot of things we don't want to impress people we don't even like. And I think it's the same in just the way we act, right? We spend a lot of energy doing things or not doing things to impress people we'll never even meet, right? Like we got to get over that and honor the moment and pray for the person in the middle of Whole Foods, in the parking lot, at Best Buy, at a cafe. We got to stop on a bike. I have stopped on a bike trail and prayed for someone and nearly got hit by about five bikes riding in a row. So good. And then you know what? If I should have got hit, if I did get hit, that guy's faith would have risen up and he'd have prayed for me and I'd have risen up and prayed for him. And he got hit by a bike. We keep going back and forth. Just do it now, right? Just do it now. Do it now. Could someone say do it now? Could someone tell someone outside, do it now? Oh, you didn't tell anybody outside nothing just then. Could someone tell the people outside on the patio, do it now? You got to pray right now. Would you all stand up with me? I've got one other little thing I want you to do, and this one's going to be fun, right? See, all this that I said is going to make you a little bit uncomfortable, isn't it? Right? All this, and we're going to pray that God will set you free from a fear of what men and women think about you in a moment. But I want to, I got one more thing, one more challenge for you. But this one, this one's going to be fun. <clears throat> I want you to be like the centurion. See, because you're not going to say, I'll pray for you anymore, are you? You're going to be like, let's pray, right? Or pray, I just prayed for you. You know, like that's what we're going to do from now on. Run, Judah, run. <clears throat> Only the pastor's kids think they can run across the front of church. Seriously. Do yours do that? Yeah. Anyway, they need better parents. But I think it's their mothers but, um, <laughs> that are waiting for backup from their fathers. All right. Last challenge for you today, though, right? Here it is. You're not going to say, I'll pray for you. You're going to say, I prayed for you, or, or let's pray. But here's what you can do. You can help other people as well now, build their faith. Be like the centurion. So next time someone says, I'll pray for you, be like, now's good. You're like at the gym. You're like at Whole Foods, and somebody's like, oh, 
and, and you tell them your drama, right? You're like, I, I'm, you're, I got all these things going on in my life, you know, and if you don't, can't think of one, just make something up, you know, like, you know, like, ah, oh, my dog, it's doing things. And they're like, I'll pray for you. And you're like, now's good. And you, you're going to help them build their faith too. But let's be honest, you don't need to make something up. This is something I'm trying to teach my kids right now. You say something to them like, hey, hey, can I pray for you? And they're like, I'm good. I'm not just talking about them. I'm talking about anybody who says, I'm good, when someone offered to pray. How arrogant. How arrogant. There is nothing in my life that I think God could make better. I've done a good enough job already. How arrogant, right? Like if some, if you own a business and it's going real good and somebody says, can I pray for you? Yes, more favor, <clears throat> more sales, more money so I can give more. Better employees, better than that guy, less of them, more of, no, don't do that. You know, like, like you, you, you can come up with something, right? If life's good, more good. Your marriage is good, protect it, God. Your finances are good, more, so I can give more, amen? Or maybe I gotta give more so I can get more, so I can give more, amen, right? God's got something He wants to do in your life. So next time, just create an opportunity and then say, now's good, build their faith, amen. Does that sound good? Come on, when do we pray? Come on, when do we pray? Now, amen. Come on, we're gonna do it now. And what do we say when someone says, I'll pray for you? Some of you didn't get it. What do we say? Now's good. Amen. Come on. Hey, before we close the service and before I pray for everybody, our service will close in about five minutes because I'm like wicked awesome at landing my planes on time the last few months. So fantastic. Is it good? It's good. It's good. Yeah. Used to go like five minutes over every service, right? We got 14 minutes left and I'm going to land it in five. So pretty awesome. But before we... um. Before we pray for everybody to have a do it now kind of culture, prayer life, uh, what I want to do is I want to pray for people that don't know Jesus. And uh, like already we've had, uh, oh, I think 10 or 11 people give their lives to Christ this weekend. And it happens in every service. I love it that, I love it that whenever we open these doors, souls are saved. Uh, every time, whenever we have a service, souls are saved, usually multiple souls. We're all about seeing lives change. We're not just about having a good time. We're about sharing it and spreading it, preaching the gospel, amen. What's the gospel? This gospel of grace, this good news about God's grace. We want people to know about it. And, and I want you to know about it. If you're away from God, or maybe you've never had a friendship with God, I want you to know that God loves you, that God's here for you, that God hears you. I want to encourage you to come back to Him today. You see, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Then it says, God said, let us make mankind in our image. In our image, He made them. And at that moment, God thought of you. The moment God said, let us make mankind in our image, He saw you. He saw you. And He knew you. And then He goes on to explain in Jeremiah that, uh, that, that He knows the good plans, like that He's sure of, that He's certain of, that He has good plans for your life. Plans to bless you. Plans to fill your life with hope. Plans to give you favor, healing, peace. God's got good plans for your life. He says, I knew you when I knit you together in your mother's womb. I love that line. Uh, I knew you 
before I knit you together in your mother's womb. What's that mean? That means God has been waiting for this day that you would come back to Him. He saw the world unfold. He saw the generations born and the generations pass. And He knew that this would be the day that you would be in church giving your life to Christ. And He's got a good plan for your life. He's got a good plan for your life. So I want you to pray with me right now because the the Word of God says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that you will be saved. And we talk about this in every service. We're obsessed with this. We won't have a service where we don't give you an opportunity to give your life to Christ. You'll notice where Scripture says, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. It does not say, quit sinning and you will be saved. It does not say, quit lying and you will be saved. Quit gossiping and you will be saved. It simply says, believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord. Confess it with your mouth and you will be saved. See, for you to enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ, you don't need to be perfect. You don't need to be good. But being in a relationship with Jesus is what will make you good. It's what will change your life. So if there are things in your life that you think are keeping you away from God, they're not. They're not. If there are things in your life that are maybe hurtful to others, destructive to you or offensive to God, He will speak to you about them. But when He speaks to you about them, He'll give you the courage and the strength, the Holy Spirit power to win that victory as well. So all we need you to do today is say yes, give your life to Christ, start the journey now, and you will begin to live the life that God designed for you. So if everybody in the room and everybody online could please repeat after me one line at a time, And especially those who are away from God and those who have never had a friendship with God. If you could as well, especially you, could you repeat this prayer in a bold and loud voice with everybody else in the room? Dear God, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that He died on the cross for my sin and He rose again to give me life, hope, joy, peace, and eternal life. I receive all that And I receive the forgiveness for my sins. And I ask for your help to live this life the way you designed it. I ask for your help to leave my sin behind, to leave my shame behind, and to become all that you designed me to be. I receive this brand new life with you as my Lord and my Saviour. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, you can praise God as people giving their lives to Christ today. Well, thank you so much for listening to this message. If you enjoyed it, be sure to check out our other episodes. If you would like to connect with Eternity Church, please visit MyEternity.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at MyEternityChurch. We'll see you next week. Love you heaps.